Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back Chat. Welcome to Yoga Berry, your yoga for scoliosis community. Welcome. If you are new to this, uh, then stick around, and um, I'm sure you'll have fun. You'll you'll enjoy uh, what I'm going to be talking about today. Obviously, if you've been a regular, welcome back as well. And again, I'm. Uh, I'm hoping to bring you a slightly different angle today as, as we're going to be talking about um, teaching students that have scoliosis. So we're going to look at it from a different perspective. We've always kind of looked at it from the from uh, the student's point of view. And, you know, most of you are have got scoliosis, obviously, yourselves. But um, I know that there is a lot of you maybe who are looking for, first of all, information. And maybe you have got some students um, that have scoliosis. And in my opinion, it's very different. Um, and just talking from experience, obviously, I have scoliosis myself, and I've been working with my own body and my own back for uh, the last 30 years or so. Um, but it's very, very different if you're dealing with somebody else's scoliosis. So this is why I, I thought it was important to talk about this today. So if you are here live, uh, come and say hello, join the chat, um, let me know if you are currently teaching yoga or if you are a student and are just kind of interested in um, hearing more about this from a, from a teacher's perspective. Um, maybe you're already teaching students with scoliosis or maybe you've got someone who told you that they've got scoliosis but you're, you're not quite sure um, how to deal with that. So let me know in the chat come and say hello. Um, it always makes it more interesting and always makes it much more fun. So before I dive into this topic, um, I just wanted to say a few things. First of all, this is our last back chat um, of the summer. So I'll be taking a little bit of a summer break after this. And um, yes, I'll be back in September. But oh my goodness, it's been so much fun. Pretty much I haven't stopped since Christmas with, <laughs> with this uh, weekly chat. And we had so many amazing people there. So take that time maybe if you haven't um, listened to all of them. There are some amazing chats there. We had Jen Gorman um, talking about exercising and movement in general. We had Deborah Walk. Um, he's an amazing yoga teacher and she was talking about the organ system. So fascinating, so amazing. I'm still thinking about this. Um, James Knight was another one. He's teaching somatics, somatic yoga as well. So again, a different perspective. We had Dr. Lani Simpson. She was talking about osteoporosis. Really, really good talk as well. And again, a different, different topic, different perspective. Um, Oh my goodness, Meredith Stevens. She was amazing. That was kind of, that was a really long one. And that was more of a free training really that you got there completely free of charge. So do look back at this one. Really, really good presentation that she did on fascia. 
um, and scoliosis. So do take that time over the summer, maybe maybe when I'm when we're not here every Wednesday, to um, check out some of these chats. We had Elise Browning Miller as well. Um, obviously, fabulous Elise. Um, always lovely to talk to her. We had Sarah Parker talking about pelvic floor. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been really really good. So make sure you do check some of these out if you have missed them, if you if you maybe um, weren't around that week. And they're all on the podcast as well. So if you don't want to look at me for 40 minutes, then maybe check it out on your podcast. And uh, not that you don't want to look at me. It might just be that um, it's easier for you to listen to. So I know if I'm doing other things, I don't want to have the app open all the time. And in that case, actually listening it on your podcast app on your phone is a much better option. So you'll find it on Spotify, you'll find it on um, the Apple podcast app, and then any of the, the main kind of podcast apps as well. Good, lovely. So I see some of you joining here. Um, Omar is saying hello, hello. Um, right. So, as I said, last back chat of the summer. Um, I do have a summer sale going on at the moment. So that runs out on Sunday. So if you haven't gotten your 21 um, Love Your Spine mini course, then make sure you get it, get it now because it's only £29 at the moment. And then on Sunday, the price goes back to 49 And it's a great way to get into the practice and just get a pose every day and then learn how to adjust it for your scoliosis as well so do have a look at that and yes let's dive straight in so again if you've just joined me in the chat um, let me know if you are a teacher if you're currently teaching if you've got students that have scoliosis um, or if you are if you have scoliosis yourself obviously and you might be here because of that information but Again, I'm going to approach it today from a teacher's point of view. So let's say scenario, um, you are a yoga teacher and you've got a weekly group class and there's somebody new is joining you and they're telling you, um, I've got scoliosis. Can happen, right? So what to do with that and, and what do we maybe have to be mindful of? Uh, what can we do? What can we not do? All of these things is what I'm going to cover. And then anything else, really, you're going to ask me. But I have a few things written down. Obviously, I have a few things that I wanted to cover. So I'm going to start with those ones. And then obviously, if you do have anything else, then feel free to ask me in the chat. So first of all, this is not an unusual situation. So scoliosis is much more common uh, than we think. And the structural scoliosis, meaning um, that th the actual spine, the bones are affected, the vertebrae are affected, um, is about 2 to 3%, depending on what statistics you look at. Um, they slightly vary, but 2 to 3% of the, of the population have got scoliosis, so it's very common. But there's also a thing called functional scoliosis, which could be due to people doing things very one-sided for long periods of time and maybe over years and years and years. For example, 
carrying a heavy bag on one shoulder for over years, always, um, I don't know, you're playing a, a musical instrument, um, a one-sided sport, golf, something like that, can give us um, a functional scoliosis. And that sounds worse than it is. Functional scoliosis means that the, the muscles and the soft tissue are affected. So yoga is a perfect way at the end of the day to kind of to create more balance and to um, fix that. Don't like the word, but I'm going to use it anyway. Structural scoliosis with yoga, you're not going to get rid of it, basically. Let's just put it straight um, where it is. If the bones are affected, yoga is not going to heal that, let's say. So Liz is saying, um, she says hello, and she's from Yorkshire. And uh, she says, I dabble in a bit of yoga. Fear of failure is a big problem for me. I'm fused. And yes, this is a really good point. What do you mean by fear of failure, Liz? So um, is it a fear of not doing something that the way that the teacher is expecting you to do? Or is it a fear of um, hurting yourself? What does failure mean to you exactly? Is it about others? Is it about you? So um, this is this is a great point. And I think also um, this kind of brings me to my to my second point here is there is a difference if somebody has a fused spine in, if they don't have a fused spine. Very, very big difference from a teacher's point of view, right? We we do have to approach those um, that have a spinal fusion completely differently. And when I talk about spinal fusion, this sometimes this uh, this term is gets a little bit confused. So what we mean by spinal fusion is when somebody has um, adolescent idiopathic scoliosis, probably diagnosed in their teenage years, and it's severe enough that they have to have a spinal surgery, and they've been put uh, metal into their spine to fix it, to fix it, to hold it or to improve it. Um, so just to make this term very, very clear, because again, sometimes people get a little bit um, confused. So sometimes I ask people, have you got a few spine? And they're like, uh, I don't know. I think so. So if you have a few spine, you know, right? If you've gone undergone a, a surgery, um, you will know. So this is very, very important for teachers to know. So even if you know how to handle this, coming back to the student's perspective, please always tell your teacher so that they are aware and they are aware why why you maybe move slightly differently from from other people in the class because. Yeah, not 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 everyone kind of knows um, what this is exactly, and and teachers have to know so many different conditions, of course. And and we as teachers, we see so many different people and bodies, and they all have um, different things going on. And you know, there's a whole like, obviously, in the in the beginning, your students will fill in this health questionnaire, and they give you this whole list of things um, that you know, are not as they, they want them to be or, or things, conditions that they have got. It's difficult to 
know all of them. So let's just say this here. I mean, amazing yoga teacher. Um, just give yourself credit for all the things that you know you, you you're doing that you're helping people um you cannot know everything right there's always going to be i don't know everything there's there's always going to be things where you're like well i'm just gonna have to get some more information about this and i'm gonna have to look it up and i feel that a good teacher will say this so if you go um if you have a student and they have got spinal fusion don't turn them away of course but just be honest and say that you know look i haven't had many i haven't had any experience with anyone um with a spinal fusion but i will do you know i will do everything obviously to to keep you safe but we're gonna have to work together here so do put back a little bit of that responsibility onto the student as well and again for Liz, this would be my advice. You're, you're going to have to share a little bit of that responsibility um, with your teacher as well. They are there to keep you safe, but also bear in mind um, that it really, you know, it, it it is very, everyone is unique. There's unique things. They cannot feel what you feel. So let me, because I asked Liz for more clarification, so I'm just going to read this. Fear of doing something that causes me problems. I tell teachers, etc., about my spine, and they tell me they know all about it. They tell me, um, do what you can. I often don't know what I shouldn't be doing. Yes, this is hard, right? This is difficult. And yes, this is kind of the um, the the safest response for a, a yoga teacher is saying, listen to your body and just you know do what your body tells you to do, right? Now, do we know, uh, do we always know what our, our bodies want from us? No, I don't think it's, it's always that simple, right? And there's different types of pain. Some pain is, you know, maybe more normal if it's more achiness or something like that from a kind of muscle exercising point of view. Other, other pain is obviously not okay. So it is hard. It is very, very difficult. So for spinal fusion, um, I would always say, and again, Liz, again, bear in mind that even fusions, they can be so different, right? It kind of depends on um, how long you've had this fusion, when it was done, because I know when I work with people um, who, are, who are younger, they have got kind of the newer style of, of fusions. They are very different from if I work with older people who've maybe had their fusion in the 70s or 80s. Very different. Um, the, the, the way they move is completely different. The way that they did the surgery. So um, it's, it, it's very, very, it's worth working with someone who knows about fusions, maybe for a few sessions until you're comfortable, right? And then, especially if you're worried about this, if you are worried about, um, you don't know how to move or you, you're worried about hurting yourself, obviously, if you're not so confident um, with the different movements, then I would really, really recommend to do this just for your own kind of peace of mind. And again, from <laughs> teacher's point of view, if you've got someone with spinal fusion, it can be very 
very different from person to person. So one person with spinal fusion might be like, yeah, I know exactly what to do. Don't worry about me. I just do my own thing. And um, there might be things I won't be doing and just ignore me, basically. Then you kind of let them, you keep an eye on them, obviously, but you let them do it. There might be other people who are a little bit more hesitant. And again, you have to kind of judge if you are comfortable with this. And again, I do think that's when it's really important as a teacher to be really, really honest with yourself and with your student and tell them what you know and what you don't know, right? And and I do uh, find it sometimes a little bit worrying hearing things of, you know, like what Liz was mentioning that teachers do say, oh, I know all about it, but they, then they don't give you any, any further guidance. So, yes. So, you know, at the end of the day, this is why I do what I do, because I want teachers to know and I want you to know what to do. Um, so in general, with the fusions, you do want to be mindful of the areas above and below the fusion, right? These are kind of, they are the, the tricky bits. Anything that is fused, you're not going to, I'm saying you're not going to damage. I know there have been people that have damaged it, but they have been doing quite extreme things. So let's not forget this. In a general yoga class, just doing general movements, you, you are not going to damage your Harrington rod or whatever fusion you've got, unless you're like really, really forcing it. Um, so you have to kind of learn how to respect your fusion, not go against it but then also be quite mindful about the, the areas above and below the fusion. So generally, what I would say, if you're like, if you're not comfortable at all, um, any sort of twisting, just leave it out, right? If you are not comfortable um, adjusting it in your own way, just whenever there is some sort of twisting, just use your arms, right? and you don't have to kind of turn around at all, just don't do it, just to be on the safe side. So same thing for, for teachers. If you, do, if you don't know, be conservative, right? Just tell them not to twist because that's going to be the, the most kind of problem, problematic type of movement. Um, right, let's say our conversation is a really good demonstration of how we are also different. I need to trust myself because generally, if I trust my guts, I'm correct. Um, I would much rather teachers are honest. Yes, absolutely. And you know, um, just kind of what, what I hear from that is as well, it's not like, like if somebody tells you they don't know, you're not gonna run out of the class, right? You probably respect that person even more for being honest. Right? And I think that sometimes the fear maybe that that teachers have um, that they're going to lose all their students if they say, well, actually, uh, I don't know about this condition. And, you know, I'm going to have to learn about this a little bit more before. But yes, I do think that that it's, it's very, very important to be honest and just say what you know and what you don't know. And then let the student <laughs> decide if they are comfortable with that or not, right? And then let them decide if they want to be in the class or not. So generally, I do think yoga is great. 
um, for those with spinal fusion, but there will just be a lot of things. And, you know, in yoga, we do bend in all different ways. We bend forwards, we bend backwards, we twist. Um, that are just not going to be possible for some people. So if you, and again, if you want to imagine a long spinal fusion, a long rod could be all the way up from the top of the thoracic all the way down to the sacrum. That means only yoga poses in a neutral spine or in a elongation are going to be possible. Nothing else, right? So, and again, you can use your arms and your legs to, to do some of this instead, but there's not going to be very, very big movements or, or no movements at all, right? So this is, this is just really important um, to know from a, from a teacher's point of view. And, and also be, be aware again that just saying to people, listen to your body might not always work because th so this is another point and I don't know if Liz I mean Liz Liz sounds like she's she she's got some she's got body awareness she's she's kind of aware of things that she can do that she cannot do but there's still a little bit of that uncertainty and I find a lot of times with people with scoliosis correct me if I'm wrong um generally we do not completely trust our bodies um generally we don't completely trust our sensations um so and, and very often we override sensations right a child would never do this right a child if I ask my daughter to touch her toes, she's like, oh, that hurts. I'm not going to do it, right? Because she like immediately, <laughs> she's like, no, uh, why would I do anything? That hurts me. As an adult, if I tell somebody to touch their toes and they have really tight hamstrings, they will really try. Um, and, you know, they, they might be injuring themselves because we have kind of been conditioned to, to override some of these um, sensations and some of these things that are going on so again as a teacher I think you have to you do have to have um, you have to take some of that responsibility obviously and and you do need to make sure that you especially if you're working with someone one-on-one -on -one, um, to know about the conditions that you're working with and uh, know some of the, the the general principles, maybe knowing some of the things that you know can be can be good, but also some of the things that obviously have to be avoided. Um, yes, okay, Liz is saying yes, you're so right. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing. I think this is a is such a great and uh, thank you so much, Liz, for for bringing this up. I think this is a, this is a really really important point um so obviously let's go back to non-fusion so you've you've determined does your does your student have a, a few spine or or they don't have a few spine if they have a few spine you know you're gonna have to do a little bit more research here right you're gonna have to um figure some some more things out if they do not have a spinal fusion 
then the next thing I would try to determine is how severe is the scoliosis and um, is it progressive? So if it is progressive, then we do have to be a little bit more careful. If it's quite mild and um, you know it's an adult and they're generally fit and healthy, you do not have to worry about it so much. So again, it's, it's very, very important to get as much information as possible. Right. Another thing, where are we, that I wanted to say. So obviously, yoga is, is often recommended by health professionals, right? So, so it's usually yoga or Pilates that gets recommended by health professionals for any type of chronic back things. <laughs> That's kind of the first thing, and it, it depends on if your health professional is into yoga or if they are into Pilates, that's what they are going to recommend. So again, as a teacher, you, you, you do have to be aware, obviously, that, um, that your student might have been recommended to do, um, to do yoga, to do some movements. And just knowing that generally, again, I'm talking about non-fused spines now movement is great and also for spinal fusion movement is great it's just going to look slightly different so let's not generally moving around is good so there's a lot of things that are great in in yoga practice right or the the relaxation part the um if you if you're teaching any breathing practices any pranayama so so good for people with scoliosis um, because especially if they have a thoracic curvature, the lungs will be affected as well. So they do need to make sure they open up this whole kind of chest area and be able to breathe properly. So there are a lot of good things about, um, about the yoga. It's slow, it's low impact. So people have the, the time or it's easier to kind of make some adjustments, accommodate for, for different types of scoliosis if the student knows, of course. Now, what you have to be aware of as a teacher is they might not know what's, what's happening. So for them, they're standing up straight, but you can see that all their weight is over to one, one leg, right? Or the, the body, the trunk is over to one side, the hips are over to the other side. And they're all over the place. And they're like, oh, I am, I am standing straight. And you're like, uh, okay. Um, and that just simply is the, the, the spinal curvature taking them off balance and taking them off to one direction. But they are so used to it that they cannot, they don't feel or they don't know where they are in space. So proprioception is the technical um, word for this, is a problem for pretty much everyone with scoliosis across the board. They don't know where they are in space. And I'm including myself in this, even though I have been working on this for, for a very, very long time and I have improved this so much. Um, it's still sometimes difficult. And this is really where you can help as a yoga teacher 
but it also means that you have to be mindful, especially if you work with someone one-on-one, -on -one, that yoga poses might have to look different and be done differently on one side to the other. Hello, triangle pose, for example, right? If you have a large curvature to one side and you do triangle to one side, that's going to look very different if you're going over to the other side. So this is just something to bear in mind. Um, anything asymmetric is, is going to uh, highlight <laughs> some imbalances, right? And then I'm not saying not to do anything asymmetric. I'm just saying that um, you might have to accommodate for this and maybe change things up slightly. So again, I would, you know, if it's a severe scoliosis, I would always, as a teacher, make sure you work with them one-on-one -on -one until they know what they're doing. Um, if they have a relatively mild scoliosis, just let them be. Don't interfere too much, especially if it's a group setting, because um, there might be other things going on. And that kind of brings me to the next point. Scoliosis is so much more than just a physical condition. There's so much more going on. You don't know what type of emotions, what type of trauma um, there has been in the past. And there might not have been anything, right? They might not have been diagnosed until they were like 45. Um, but they might have gone through bracing. Um, they might have gone through borderline surgery, um, like being always in this danger zone of, oh, you're going to have to have surgery and then not having surgery. It might have been um, a very, very big topic in their life. And I've seen lots of traumatized children, basically, that had to deal with their scoliosis for years and years and years. And then they don't want to have anything to do with it. After that, it's kind of done, right? You might still see it as a yoga teacher, but they don't want to deal with it. And I, I think this is so important to respect this. So what I'm trying to say here is if you see something, if you see scoliosis and they haven't told you that they have scoliosis, don't diagnose them. Don't mention it, right? You can talk about imbalances. You can talk about other things, but don't say the word scoliosis because it might bring up things that, they don't want to deal with right now. If it's a child, talk to the parents if you are concerned, right? And you see something and you are concerned with that. Good. Hi, Lauren is saying I'm a 63-year-old woman with 63, oh, coincidence, lumbar curve. Uh, 63 degrees, I think you wanted to say. I recently had a fusion of L3 L4, S1, how much should I limit? Okay, so this is another example. Liz, I would, if you're still here, Liz, I would love to know where your fusion is. And I'm sure I've asked you before. So my apologies if I don't remember. But this is another example of how different and how individual all these cases are. Um, because, so Lauren, and I'm wondering when you had your fusion done, but this sounds to me more like a degenerative scoliosis. And this sounds to me like you had maybe the fusion potentially later on in life. 
correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and again, this is really, really important. If you, if we are working with someone uh, therapeutically, if we're if we're working with someone one on one, then we need to ask all these questions, and we do need to find out because um, it might have a different impact. So these type of fusions in the lumbar spine are usually because there is some sort of degeneration going on. There's instability in those lower vertebrae. And then um, eventually they they fuse them and making sure that they don't collapse anymore and it doesn't get worse. So that's very different from a thoracic fusion, for example. Um, and the movement is going to be different as well. So for you, Lauren, I would say, again, what the first thing we want to be a bit aware of is that anything below and above the fusion is a problem. Now, as you fuse to S1, there isn't much below. <laughs> so it's more um, above the fusion, of course, um, which is kind of going to be the area that you want to be mindful of. So I would be really mindful with generally twisting, but really trying to explore a little bit of twisting is good and it's it's important especially at that age i think because you do not want to lose your mobility generally as as you get older and you do not what you don't want to happen is that your upper back starts to become uh more kind of collapsed and kyphotic um more rounding in the in the upper spine okay lauren is saying three months ago so okay so i was probably right there that it was some sort of degeneration and they that they fused it so i was talking about twisting generally i would stay away from anything any seated twisting in a yoga class um if you do it, make sure you sit in a, on a chair. So make sure you're not sitting on the floor and then twisting. I think that's not going to be very good. Um, yeah, any kind of bigger twists, a twist should only happen in the thoracic spine, right? And if you don't know where that is and how to do this, then just be conservative and stay away from it, right, for now until you've kind of had the chance to to work to work with someone who can maybe um, keep an eye on you and make sure you're not trying to twist and pull into this uh, L1, L2 area, which is going to be the, the tricky one for you. So that's what I would say about this. Um, anything else? Again, if you want to be more conservative, especially in the beginning, because three months is not very long, see if you can stay with kind of the, the neutral spine for now, um, not doing a lot of bending in any direction, and then slowly start to build it up. So I would start to, to maybe to work on um, some core strengthening, um, you know, you can, you can do a lot of things where you're lying on your back and maybe legs in, in tabletop position or something like that, building up slowly. Some standing poses are, are great as well that have um, uh, neutral spines. 
but I would just avoid at the moment kind of the big sort of bends one way or the other. Okay, so Liz is saying I'm fused T5 to L2 40 years ago. I have degeneration and a lot of pain below the fusion. Okay, so this is kind of a, a low thoracic upper lumbar fusion. So it probably was a thoracolumbar curve that was fused. And yes, so there, there are a lot more problem areas. And 40 years ago, I don't, yeah, exactly. You might have a Harrington rod then probably, which are kind of the old style type of fusions. And um, they are a lot harder to work with because there's not much flexibility with them. And in a way, it, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that there is some some degeneration because you probably were not able to move that lumbar area at all, really, or not very much. Um, and yeah, this is where it becomes tricky. So I would just kind of avoid going, kind of flattening this area and letting it compress and um, degenerate even more again I would I would try to 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 keep to build up strength around this whole area um but yes this is a it's a really really tricky one Liz plant-based lifestyle um is saying I don't look good because of scoliosis so this is another you know it kind of brings me back to when I said about um it's more than just a, a physical condition. People have other things associated with scoliosis that you might not know about as a teacher, right? So you might say, oh, it doesn't look that bad and I can't even see it. But they might, they might be very unhappy about the way they look, right? There might be problems with body image. Maybe somebody has said something when they were in school, um, comments about it there's a lot of things that there's a lot of kind of negative emotions usually attached it's a type of trauma at the end of the day um attached to the to the scoliosis so it's just you know we are not unless you are a psychotherapist of course then you know you you do what you do but generally as a yoga teacher we not we are not trained like that in that way so it's out of our scope of practice but we do need to be aware um, that there might be some things going on and body image is another is another big thing obviously and um, you can still help with with the yoga and you can work on um, you know, maybe creating some positive affirmations, things like that. And, uh, you know, keeping it light, keeping it positive as a yoga teacher and don't let it spiral into the whole, like, it's all terrible and um, everything is bad situation. So this is what the, something I would say to yoga teachers, that that's very important. Okay, so one upper side of my back is a little bit outside and head is headed more into one side. 
Okay. Very, very common, of course, um, again, with, with the scoliosis that things are uneven, right? And sometimes it's really visible and anyone can see it. But sometimes it's not so visible to other people, but it might be very, very visible to that person. So again, that's um, just something to be mindful of and to be really sensitive. And I think the worst thing is when, you know, when you go to see someone and you tell them all your problems and you tell them all the things that you experience and that you feel are wrong and then they tell you, well, it's not actually a problem. That's not helpful, right? Um, or like, you know, what are you what are you wrong about? It's not a problem. That's not helpful. That's not going to work. So be compassionate, um, be empathetic, try to imagine what it's like um you do not have to kind of go into it in in super great detail but it might just be a matter of listening and acknowledging um what they're feeling and what is is going on right now so plant-based lifestyle is is obviously concerned about um the way they they look and they really it 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 looks um really visible to to them and they're not happy with that. And, and that's all that matters, right? And what can you do as a, as a yoga teacher? You can, you, you know, you can, you can help them to move, to breathe, to relax. Don't underestimate the power of um, relaxation, of breathing practice, to bring a little bit more balance to the system overall and and really that's this is what the what the yoga practice is all about so i would imagine if you are a yoga teacher you've got your own story why you got into yoga and what is it that kind of drew you in and what is it that helped you that it's probably very very similar to your student good so these were kind of the things that I wanted to mention today. So just a little, little summary. It's more common than you think. Scoliosis does affect a lot more people than, than we think. Um, make sure you differentiate be between people that have a fused spine and that don't have a fused spine. Might be, it's going to be very, very different in, in, in terms of how they move, what they can do and all of that. Um, be mindful that yoga, obviously, on one hand, can be can be super beneficial. On the other hand, you know, we have to be a little bit mindful of anything that is asymmetric at the end of the day. Um, scoliosis does come, and I have many, many videos about this saying this, it comes with not only a sideward curvature, but also rotation. So, there is a lot going on in terms of asymmetry through the whole body. So if you are in doubt, you're going to be safer in a way with anything that is symmetric. Um, obviously, don't acknowledge the, the, the emotional impact that scoliosis can have. And then most important thing, if you just if you're a yoga teacher and you just take one thing away is do not diagnose your student, right? They come to your class to practice yoga 
and they not might not want to deal with that scoliosis, right? So it's it's really um, it's up to the student if that's what they want to discuss, if that's what they they want to do. But most importantly, they come to you because they want to practice yoga. Good. So I do have this handy little guide which you can print out what every yoga teacher needs to know it's free it's um there's a link in the description if you do want to download it just as kind of a little reference there for anyone who who maybe who might have a student that that has scoliosis and yes if you are if you have scoliosis yourself then check out the 21 love your spine practice that's suitable for um spinal fusion as well um, so you can absolutely do that. Some poses are more challenging. Some of them are easier. Um, but generally, you know, they're all they're all very accessible. And we mentioned the little adjustments that we can do. This will be more for non-fused spines. But just kind of addressing some of these imbalances. So you can, again, you can find that in the description below. And yes, this was the last back chat of, the summer i'm going to be on holiday now um so i'm working on a few kind of shorter videos for you so they're going to be coming up on the on the youtube channel and yes i hope you have a great summer uh liz is saying thank you christine for back chats and all your help through lockdown you have you have helped me so much in understanding my scoliosis your knowledge and experience is greatly appreciated oh thank you so much Liz, that really, really needs, that really means a lot to me. And then we've got the other Liz saying, good info, have a fun vacation. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm hoping to get to Germany and France. Fingers crossed that it's all um, going to work out. If you're following me on Instagram, you will, you will surely be updated and you will know. <laughs> but otherwise, I'll see you all back in September. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five-star rating and review which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net.